and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of February 26th, 2024. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was a good week. S&P 500 up 1.66% for the week. All 11 gig sectors finished in the green for the week. So a comprehensive rally with some breath. In fact, you did have strong performance from technology up 1.34%, but it lagged the market. And what really worked this week was sectors that have been leading the market so far in 2024. So healthcare up 1.5%, financials up 1.5%, industrials up 1.85%. So it wasn't the leadership that's been the focus of the market. And technology, of course, was a massive focus this week because of that blowout print from NVIDIA, which was followed by a correspondingly violent move upwards in the stock price overnight and in the next session. But ultimately, this is a market that is continuing to lurch higher, 6.69% year-to-date gain. The inflationary fears that have popped up when you get hotter than expected inflation prints and some of the corresponding economic data that portends to a reacceleration of inflation has largely been shrugged off by this market, as has the move higher in interest rates, which again, coming into the year, a lot of the setup, a lot of the expectation was for the Fed to be pivoting on the back of inflationary pressures that were ebbing. And yet here we are with interest rates that have gone up, all else equal, especially over the course of the past month or so, a Fed picture or a Fed outlook, I should say, that is more hawkish than it was entering the year. Specifically, the timeline for a Fed rate cut is being pushed back further and further. And yet you have the S&P 500 up nearly 7% for the year, led by sectors in many cases, which lag last year. And so the breadth of the rally, the breadth of the performance at the sector level is divergent from what we saw at the end of the year. If you look at year-to-date performance by sector, the leadership just looks similar to what we had last year, but there's more participation. So communication services, best performing sector year to date up 9.72%. The second best performing sector is healthcare up 8.42%, followed by financials up 7.18%, and then technology 6.66%. The one sector that led last year that's not working as much so far in 2024 is consumer discretionary up just 1.4%. And part of that is the lag we've seen in some of the key holdings, specifically Tesla and the consumer discretionary sector. But you, you look at some of these other cyclical sectors that some folks who look at the market from a sector perspective have been sort of waiting for participation. Industrials is one of those, up 5.5% this year. Financials is the other one I mentioned, up 7 plus percent this year. But it is defensives that are still, all else equal, not participating in the rally. Utilities down 2% year to date. Real estate down 3.34%. I wouldn't necessarily classify 
real estate is defensive, but we talked about that furious rally in real estate in the fourth quarter, and it really hasn't manifested so far in early 2024. But to get back to the week in terms of the data and what we heard, well, we had PMIs, manufacturing and services. Manufacturing beat its in expansion according to the PMI index. Services was a slight miss, but also an expansionary territory. We had existing home sales that beat. And then on the earnings front, as I mentioned, we had a blowout print from NVIDIA that the market loved, led to one of the biggest single-day moves in market cap in market history, which, of course, adjusted for inflation would be another story. But then Walmart also had a really strong print that the market liked. So some of the key categories in the market within technology, but also in the consumer segment, are looking very promising. And then we got LEIs. And leading economic indicators, one of those economic indicators that I like, that I follow closely for those of you who listen to the podcast know that. But what's interesting is it fell for the 22nd straight month. But importantly, the conference board abandoned their recessionary call in 2024, which felt like the last holdout. And so just from a change in tone of the market, from where we were at the beginning of last year, almost everyone calling from, for some version of a recession to where we are now in the last holdout on the recessionary call, at least from the perspective of the wires and home offices and, and now the conference board has sort of thrown their hands up on it. And Justina Zabinska-Lamonica, the senior manager of business cycle indicators there, had this to say. The U.S. LEI fell further in January as weekly hours worked in manufacturing continued to decline and the yield spread remained negative. She continued, while the declining LEI continues to signal headwinds to economic activity, for the first time in the past two years, six out of its 10 components were positive contributors over the past six-month period, ending in January 2024. As a result, the leading index currently does not signal recession ahead. While no longer forecasting a recession in 2024, we do expect real GDP growth to slow to near 0% over Q2 and Q3. So effectively, no recession, slow GDP growth, especially in the middle part of the year. And that isn't a massive departure from where they've been. Yes, they've been predicting a shallow recession, but it felt as if they were inching and inching closer to the call that we weren't going to have a recession. And that's what we got. But again, full-year GDP for the conference board as a result of the leading economic indicators index is still very soft relative to where we've been on a trend basis in the historical trend. But again, good news on the economic data front. The market certainly liked the overall economic backdrop for last week. Next week, we'll be getting some additional economic data points specifically on inflation. That's another conversation for another day. We had 534 million shares traded across the select sector spider lineup, which is just a normal week, not huge, not small, just sort of right in the middle. And it was a short week. So it does make sense that you would have without that fifth day, a little bit less volume than a more robust rally might portend. But Again, from a flows perspective, you're not seeing a ton. Nine million shares redeemed net across the select sector spider lineup, five million in XLU. So utilities continues to see this steady drip of redemptions on the back of this really poor relative performance. But we also saw a million plus shares redeemed out of XLY, XLC, XLF, and XLV. So just some 
at the margins creation and redemption activity biased to the redemption side, but we did see some small creates in XLE, which isn't a sector that we've seen meaningful creation activity in. And this week it was the worst performing sector up just 46 basis points. Staples, which hasn't seen much in the way of creations and or redemptions, was the best performing sector this week up 2.05%. So a very interesting week in terms of the change in tone from the conference board as it relates to leading economic indicators. Some of the earnings that we got both from powerhouse companies in their given sectors and just companies that have a spotlight on them economically currently. But the sector in focus this week is financials. And financials is a sector that is so interesting. It's so widely used at the sector level by investors of all shapes and sizes. We've talked about that ad nauseum, the amount of creation and redemption activity that goes on on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. And XLF is just so distinct from the other sectors in the market. But What's interesting about financials is it's doing so well relative to the market year to date, up 7 plus percent versus the S&P 500 up 6.7 percent. But it's doing so against a backdrop where the banking industry is really struggling. So you look at year to date performance on XLF up, as I mentioned, north of 7 percent. You look at KBE, which is a proxy for banking stocks, so just the banking industry, both large, mid, and small components of that universe, down 4%. Then you look at the regional banking index, and it's down nearly 8.7% year-to-date. So financials is doing this against a backdrop where there are re-emerging concerns about the regional banking sector. And as we talked about last spring as it relates to XLF, and as we often talk about XLF just isn't a regional banking portfolio. And in many cases, it's not even a banking portfolio. Sure, JP Morgan is a massive weighting in the portfolio at 9.5%. And it has been responsible for a significant portion of the portfolio's total return year to date and over the course of the past couple years. But Berkshire Hathaway, 13% portfolio weighting, really strong performance year to date. Two of the best performing stocks in financials year to date are companies that are new to the sector, MasterCard and Visa, previously technology companies, now financial companies, and helping to not just diversify the nature of the sector over time, but also provide returns that maybe have a little bit more linkage to some of the dynamics that are benefiting sectors like technology. So What's interesting about financials, again, is the fact that it's doing as well as it is so far year to date, but it's doing it despite the fact that what a lot of people associate with the financial sector, banks are doing so poorly, largely because of those economic pressures that we talked about earlier, rates increasing once again, inflation at some levels reaccelerating, and the impact that's having on the outlook for Fed policy and what that means and what that translates to in terms of the maturity schedule that these banks have, the exposure that they have specifically in commercial real estate, and the mismatch that we've seen between what they've borrowed money at and what they've lent money at. And yet financials doing really well on a relative basis year to date at the sector level, pulled from the S&P 500, of course, which is where the select sector spiders pull their securities from, from a starting universe. And 
when you look at financials, we've talked about this before, the valuation story there. You're looking at 2024 estimates. So on a price to earnings basis, on a forward basis, financials trading at 15.6 times. That's versus the S&P 500 at 21 or so times. So when you go through the list of sectors that are trading below the market's multiple, at least on a forward PE basis, there just aren't many of them. Energy, of course, we talk about time and time again, the cheapest sector in the market on a relative valuation basis by a fairly wide margin. But then it's utilities, communication services still there, and then financials. Financials at 15.6 times forward earnings on a valuation basis is sort of one of those valuation stories that gets lost in the fray of the outlook for interest rates, the outlook for earnings growth, the outlook for cyclicals versus defensives, the outlook versus for value versus growth. And in many ways, financials is a very unique sector in terms of what impacts the companies in the S&P 500 in the financial sector versus what impacts most people's perception of what a financials company is. Because of course, Berkshire Hathaway is its own unique entity in that financial sector. It has a portfolio of investments as opposed to a portfolio of properties, if you will, or a portfolio of banks. And so in that regard, Berkshire Hathaway is one of one in the sector. But then you get to J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the most diversified financial institutions in the world. And at least over the course of the, the past five or six years, the best performer in the financial sector. And then you go down the line of insurance companies, as well as some of these financial technology companies that have been integrated into the sector in recent years. And it's a very unique position economically versus a portfolio that maybe extends its market cap exposure and does include some of those regional banks, some of those banking institutions, those classic banking institutions that have performed so poorly so far in 2024. So looking ahead to next week on the economic data front, I did say there was inflation data and sure there is. PCE will be printed this week. That is, again, the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation. The expectation is we're going to get 04 percent month over month, 2.8% year over year on the core. That is trending in the right direction toward the Fed's target if that is in, in fact the case. But we'll see if we get another upside surprise in PCE like we have in PPI and CPI most recently. We'll get new home sales, consumer confidence, a revision to Q4 GDP, and then some manufacturing data, ISM and PMI. So a lot of economic data anchored around inflation as is always the case when we get an inflationary print during a week. And then on the earnings front, we got 40 companies reporting. So not a ton of massive mega cap tech names or anything in that realm, but we are going to hear from American Tower, which is 9% of XLRE, as, as I mentioned, a sector that's been struggling so far in 2024. Some big utilities calls coming this week, a sector that, again, has had a very poor start to 2024 on the back of a very poor 2023. And then we'll hear from Salesforce, a company that always gives us tremendous guidance into enterprise level spending. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, visit sectorspiders.com for all things sectors. Take care.